Opportunity for you to win a thousand dollars coming up. We've been doing this every hour between 5 a.m. and 6:20 p.m. every day of the last couple of weeks, and we will continue to do so. So you have another opportunity to uh, to win a thousand bucks coming up in just a few minutes. We want to update you on a, a couple of the big stories that we have covered over the last couple of days. The rescue continues in Montecito. Uh, unfortunately, we were getting into the time that. The time frame where even if people were alive after the mudslides early Tuesday, it's uh, it's less and less likely that they would still be alive, not having access to food or water or whatever, especially if they're injured. Um, this morning, Monica said that they had recovered yet another body, which brings the death toll in the mudslides in Montecito now to 18 and the number of missing to seven. And we talked earlier today about the devastation, just the scope of it, in that when we saw the images from Tuesday morning, it didn't, you couldn't really wrap your head around. I guess if you were very familiar with the neighborhoods in Montecito, you may have had an idea perhaps of just the, the scope of the devastation. But when they came out with these numbers earlier today, 59 homes destroyed, 59, not six or eight or 10. 59, and then the number of homes damaged is up to 446. The 101 freeway still has enough stuff on it that it's probably going to be closed until Monday. Some homes were wiped right off their foundations. Others had massive holes blown through them from boulders. About 60 homes completely destroyed, more than 400 uh, injured injured, uh, damaged, excuse me, canine units are proving very helpful. Well, they've got to. Um, they, these are treacherous areas where creeks are, are swollen, uh, boulders. Dirt. There's a lot of, uh, I guess you could just say, landmines uh, for rescue crews, too, because the dirt and the, the mud is kind of like acting. Uh, one firefighter described it as like a hard candy shell. Oh, but yeah, then over once ice cream. You step through that, you you sink. So there's mud over swimming pools and uh, and manholes and all of that, making it more difficult. Even this could take months for this area to dig itself out. The 101 we talked about, 30 miles long, swept away from this. Everyone gave warnings or more than 200,000 warnings that went out to people, whether it was um, alerts, news reports, social media postings, all of that, more than 200,000 as we led up to these rains in between the fire and the rain. And I'm not sure anyone knew how bad it could get or how bad it would get, I guess I should say, with just a, a river of mud and boulders, massive boulders, just sweeping its it, it, its way all the way to the ocean. Well, when you talk about the the warnings that went out, you have a it's hard to wrap your head around 
what has already gone on in this area. With the Thomas fire a few weeks ago, everyone was on edge. And if they hadn't been evacuated, mandatory evacuations, there were voluntary evacuations through all of this area because of the fire, because no one was certain that firefighters were going to be able to hold it out of the neighborhood. Now, thankfully, for the most part, they did. But that was still seven to ten days of question. Uh, Am I going to be allowed to go back to my house? Am I going to have a house to go back to when I am allowed to go back? When When it was clear that firefighters were getting the upper hand on the Thomas fire, the discussion began immediately about, okay, now we know that this landscape is gone. This foliage is gone. Any grasses, trees, whatever, completely burned. And the soil itself now cannot absorb as much water as it used to. So in the event that we get rain, this was long before the forecast called for it, in the event that we get rain, we are all in danger. Now, that was said repeatedly. In the days leading up to the storm, Santa Barbara County had issued several warnings about the possibility of mud flows on their website, on social media, on news outlets, newspapers, radio, television, uh, the community information emails that you can sign up and get. There were, like you said, more than 200,000 emails and other warnings that were sent out. But there was one specific message that went out at 3.50 Tuesday morning. That was about a half an hour after all of the mudslides started. And that just makes me wonder if more people were put into danger if they were out leaving their homes when the mud had started flowing. And I don't know. I don't know what the timing was, and we'll find out. But well, and we you saw, know what I mean? Like, if you get an alert at 3.50 in the morning that mudslides have happened in your area, do you leave the house? Or do you hunker down? Or do you hunker down? Um, we saw this similar questioning of the timing of warnings that go out. We saw this back in October during the fires up in wine country. 40 people died in October when the fires swept through Napa and Sonoma counties because people, some said they got little or no warning. And part of it was because the county, at least Sonoma County, decided not to use their cell phone bulletins, even as the fire was approaching these subdivisions throughout the town of, uh, uh, throughout the city of Santa Rosa. So we're now trying to figure this out. As high tech as we are, it's 2018 after all, as high tech as we are, how can we not have a specific, targeted emergency warning system accessible to law enforcement officials, fire officials, or whoever needs to make sure uh, that you are safe? Or at the very least, have the most updated and accurate information so that you can make the decision about whether or not to leave your house or not? Well, and it's a tough call. When do you pull the trigger on that? Do they know how bad it's going to get? Nobody knows. No, but but one of the examples that we talked about earlier in the show was that there were sheriff's deputies going through some of these neighborhoods in Montecito, knocking door to door Monday night saying the rain is getting worse. You are in danger. There's no excuse. If a sheriff, if it gets to the point where a deputy knocks on your door, there's no excuse why you stay. It's just dumb. Um, We're hearing about some of the people who lost their lives. And unfortunately, in... Some of these cases, it's half the family survives and half the family doesn't. Fabiola Benitez, 28 years old, swept away along with her husband and two kids. Her husband and older son were rescued, hospitalized. They're in stable condition. Fabiola and her nine-year-old son remain missing, feared dead. 
Roy Roeder, the founder of a Christian school in Ventura, swept from his home alongside his wife. He did not survive. She did. Rebecca Riskin, Montecito real estate agent, called the first lady of luxury real estate, professional ballerina before she was a realtor. Feared killed with her dogs. Leaves behind a husband and two kids. The unfortunate part is we're going to continue to see as they recover bodies. Uh, you said earlier, I think the number was 75% that they'd been able to go through 75% of, of the, the area, field, yeah. but, but not all of it. And uh, it's going to take some, some time. Uh, the other, one of the other tragic stories that we talked about was the story of Blaze Bernstein. We're expecting probably an arrest very shortly in this case. Blaze Bernstein was the University of Pennsylvania student home on break Snapchatting with a friend from high school, and the friend picks him up, and they go to a park. It's about 11, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. The friend's very sketchy story says that he Blaze disappeared, and so he left. He went to a girlfriend's house and then came back to the park around 2 a.m. because Bernstein would not reply to him on Snapchat. When pressed further about the girlfriend, what's her name, where does she live, he didn't know her name, he didn't know where she lived. It's all very shady. The sheriff's department, through court documents, talked about how when they interviewed him, he had dirt under his fingernails, his hands were all scratched up. They also noticed that as he was leaving the sheriff's headquarters for one of those interviews, every door he had to touch on the way out of the building, he pulled his jacket over his hand to prevent his hand or fingers from touching any part of the doors that he would have touched. Now, one reason may be just a germaphobe, right? Yeah. Or the other is he's afraid that they're going to take his fingerprints off the door and use it to incriminate him. So we'll find out what happens, but... uh doesn't look like there maybe was a girlfriend. Who knows? There may not have been that other may not the third the person third in the person park. That he said they were going to meet. It's just terrible. The body wasn't found for days. We don't know what condition it's in. We don't know how he died. And we're also trying to figure out exactly where it was. They they did say something that the the Tuesday's rainstorm enabled the body to be more readily seen by investigators. But that, but they didn't explain why. They didn't explain what that meant. If if it was partially buried at one point, uh, there was some speculation that it may have been put in like a drainage culvert or something like that. Three hundred people last night had a vigil there in Lake Forest. Photos, candles, flowers have been set up on a picnic table near where the body was found. Members of the family invited people up to to tell their stories Again, about Blaze. He was a kid who came home from college. I mean, this was his first semester of college at Penn. He had come home, uh, hanging out, hooking back up with uh, high school buddies of his. And this all took place within a five, ten minute walk of his own house, which is just terrifying and adds to the tragedy for that family. All right. Uh, We are going to get to Tech Talk with Mark Saltzman coming up. All the latest out of CES. But first, how about you give that away? All of it? Mm -hmm. $1,000. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword bank to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's bank to 200-200. Don't forget, if you don't win now, you can win next hour when John and Ken give away $1,000. In fact, every hour up until 620 tonight with the Conway Show. And when you do win, because I believe that you will, make sure you answer the phone or else you don't win. And then I'm a bad person. 
The machines are getting smarter. This is Tech Talk, brought to you by Skynet. Well, the big story yesterday out of CES was the massive failure at CES. Big power outage. Mark, sure they blamed it on the rain, uh-huh. but uh, come on now. I think somebody tripped. One of these nerds had his head in a phone and tripped over a power cord somewhere and knocked everything out. We don't say nerds in 2018. What do we say? Anti-nerds. Ah. Yeah, the nerds are now the cool people. Well, and I know it was not Mark Saltzman, famed (laughs) USA Today columnist in front of the Gary and Shannon show. It was not you, right? Hey, it wasn't me. And and Geeks has replaced nerds, but it's all good. That's interesting. (laughs) The geeks shall inherit the earth. No, it wasn't me who tripped over the cable, but it was very ironic that at the world's largest consumer electronics show, there was no power for an hour and a half. That was, <laughs> you know, you got to see the humor in that. Even though the exhibitors who paid God knows how much to, to yeah. uh, exhibit here, they weren't very happy. Uh, following a day of flooding inside the convention center because of those massive rains, uh, the massive rain we had here as well. Well, how's it going? Have you gotten into any trouble yet? No, you can't really get into much trouble here. It's uh, You're in Vegas, you know, Mark. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, you can bump into some, you know, two pocket protectors may bump into one another. No, here I am beating the stereotype again. Uh, yeah, no, it is Vegas. It's the, it's the world's biggest tech show uh, with 180,000 attendees, more than 4,000 exhibitors, uh, with more than 50 football fields worth of tech. So it, for a guy like me, I'm a kid in a candy store. This is amazing because you get a chance to kick the tires on tech that isn't out yet. Uh, so it's pretty exciting. What are, what are some of the big themes that you're seeing this year in terms of uh, the new technology? So let's start with TVs. We all love our big screen televisions, and, and all the big companies had uh, no shortage of those. So Samsung probably had the most buzz with their 146-inch uh, micro-LED wall. They call it the wall for obvious reasons. It fills your entire wall up. But it's, it's, so micro-LEDs are just smaller LED uh, lights that go behind the panel compared to what your LED TV may have today, and that just gives you more uh, control. But the uh, the real story is the modularity of this wall. So it, it can be 146 inches, but you can also remove panels and make it smaller or make it larger uh, based on your needs. And I, I see more like commercial applications here than someone having this in their house. But the idea is that you all of the TVs make up one image when they're all lined beside each other. There's no bezel or rim around the outside, like an infinity screen. Uh, so when you have all those panels together, it creates this absolutely stunning picture. So there's a lot of uh, jaw-dropping in front of that TV. Sony had an 8K TV here, so uh, eight times the resolution of high definition instead of 4K, which is probably the last TV you bought if it was over the last year or two. And LG had a roll-up TV. I haven't yet seen it, by the way, but, I, but I've been reading about it. It's a TV that uh, is rollable. Again, I'm not sure of the applications for that, uh, unless you just want to hide it when the when their company is over. I have no idea. But it's kind of a neat concept just to show that they can do it. So lots of cool TV innovations here uh, is for sure is one big trend. I would imagine that they haven't put price tags on some of this stuff yet, right? Yeah, most of it. Yeah, there are some products that uh, will come out over the next little while, uh, and they may have a price. Uh, or uh, yeah, And some of these products, by the way, will never come out. As I mentioned, like that roll-up TV, it could be what we call in the industry vaporware, where they show 
some new software or hardware, and then I never actually make a commercial debut. That does happen as well. I tried Smell-O-Vision a few years back. <laughs> that, you know, where you're, you're, you smell whatever you're watching on TV. Great idea, but uh, they lost their funding and the company went bankrupt. So, you know, it's going to happen. So, <laughs> but, yeah, both of these things are in the future. Another big trend, guys, is uh, here at the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas would be automotive tech. Yeah, um, this was this was bizarre to me that a car that can read your vital signs. Yeah, so this is uh, they call that the, the cockpit. I think it's Hyundai that has that, and this this cockpit will uh, read your signs and, and detect if you're experiencing trauma. It can call nine one one and pull over. Uh, it can also take over the wheel for you, which uh, I think is uh, you know, I, I heard that about how many thousands of people die not because of the uh, heart attack, for example, that they're having, but because of a collision caused by them experiencing some trauma while behind the wheel. Um, they also, Hyundai also showed their Nexo vehicle here. This is a hydrogen-fueled vehicle, so it uses hydrogen gas, mixes with the air in this fuel stack, as it's called, uh, creates water, which then drives the electric motor. It's an electric vehicle with a range of 370 miles, and that is coming out uh, as early as this fall. So it uses hydrogen instead of gas to power the electric motor. So that's kind of exciting with an eco twist there. It don't, the only byproduct is water or paper. So pretty neat stuff from Hyundai. And then also um, there's a lot of us, you might have heard about Toyota, uh, introducing a new technology called ePallet. So ePallet is uh, an autonomous vehicle technology, so uh, a, a driverless car, if you will, that will not only take from A to B and pick up passengers like an Uber, if you will. In fact, they did announce a partnership with Uber. So imagine taking you know passengers around a city with no human driver. But it also is like a store on wheels. Shannon, for example, could say to Gary, you know, after work, I want to go to the mall and buy a pair of shoes. But what she could do in the future is open up an app, say she wants a pair of shoes, and the store drives to her, a self-driving Toyota with a shoe store built in. She buys the shoes, tries them on, pays. Uh, uh, you know, electronically, and then it drives off. <laughs> Pretty wild. Actually, it would be Gary. He's much more oh, into okay. shoes than I am. He's got so many I'm pairs. So full of stereotypes today. I, I assumed you were the shopper. No, it's okay. I, it's just for future. One of us geeks. Just for yeah, your own okay. edification. Yeah. Uh-huh. There you go. Thank you. Appreciate that. Sure. <laughs> so. So this is just. I mean, let's pull back for a second. Tell me what CES is for. It's just to introduce these technologies to people like you who are then going to introduce them to people like us. It's not open to the general public. Correct. It's for industry attendees only. So that's retailers, that's uh, journalists like myself, there's analysts, and uh, and so on, and, and partners. Like there's a lot of business deals going on. Like someone from Sony can meet someone from Intel and, uh, you know, Inca Partnership going forward in some capacity. So, yeah, you have to be in the industry. It is not open to the public, and it is a show for to, to showcase future technologies. Some of them are far future, like that self-driving car with the store built in. Others are coming out, uh, you know, in, in a month or so. But, uh, this is, yeah, this is what it's all about. Very exciting. Tell me about the self-driving suitcases. This is very exciting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a couple of companies showing this, one of them called Forward X. Uh, gave me a demonstration. So it's basically a carry-on bag. It's a suitcase on wheels, uh, but it has a multiple sensors and cameras in it. So when you're walking around the airport, it follows you like a lost puppy. So the idea is that it, it locks onto you with artificial intelligence and facial recognition and all that, and it uh, it just 
drives itself beside you until you need it. The reason why it only works with carry-ons is the, because it has built-in lithium-ion battery. Of course, you can't, you know, you can't check it in with an airline. You're not allowed to have those batteries uh, under the belly of the plane. So it's a it's a neat idea. Obviously, there's there's still some question marks about the theft. Um, you know, uh, they, the, the company Forward X said that they do have a loud decibel alarm that sounds if someone tries to walk off with your bag. And uh, also, your smartphone or smartwatch will also vibrate uh, and ring if someone tries to walk away with it. So, but uh, yeah, it's kind of a neat thing. Are we to the point where we've become so lazy that we can't just roll our suitcase behind us? <laughs> well, know, it's right? a pain Store, sometimes. Stores that come to you. If you've got a bag, uh, yeah, <laughs> you're not going to have to lift a finger soon. Everything's going to just come to you. Everything right. has. Uh, speaking of which. Uh, and speaking being the operative word, uh, Alexa and Google Home uh, integration with everything here. You know, using your voice as the interface, TVs, uh, sound bars, uh, even a shower head. I think it's a Moen shower head has built in Alexa. So you can, you know, while you're taking a shower, you can say, you know, let's listen to, you know, the Gary and Chan show or uh, tell me about my day or read me the news uh, while you're taking a shower. Play a song and it'll uh, play it for you. Uh, I'm... I like Alexa. I don't need her everywhere. <laughs> mm. Not in the shower? No, no. Th- no. That would be weird, wouldn't it? Yeah. Like, Who are you talking to in there, yeah. honey? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Mark, Anyhow, have, so have fun in Vegas. Fun. And like, uh, like Shannon said, make sure that you stay out of trouble. We did put Got aside it. some bail money for you, though, for this week. Oh, good to know. All right. She- I'll take that and I'll put it all on black. Okay. <laughs> excellent, excellent point. All right, Mark, thank you very much. Mark Saltzman there, uh, the latest from what's going on with the Consumer Electronics Show. You can follow Mark on Twitter, and he'll uh, indulge you in some of those stories as well. Mark with a C, Mark underscore Saltzman. Uh, and uh, it should have, some, should have some fun there. I've always wanted to go to CES, um, but I don't want to. I don't want to stay. I just want to go. Like you hour. don't want to get into any trouble. You just want to pop in. Like if it was in Van Nuys or something, you'd go. Just in and out. Nobody gets hurt. Hey, this. there's a whole stack of stories Are you like Mike Pence? <laughs> Is it because you don't trust yourself? I would go with my wife. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's a whole stack of, uh, of these stories here that are, that are science-y, and they're weird. But I don't know if you want to call them that, if you want to call them weird Science no, or no, no, no. odd science done. or something like How that. How about a little alliteration up in here? Mm. Strange. Oh, we'll do that when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Gary and Shannon. Sorry, Blake. My AM640, more stimulating song. Sometimes when it shakes... Everybody's got to got to face it. Search and rescue teams still finding victims up there in Montecito. Uh, like we told you, the 2014 mudslide in Washington that killed 43 people. The last body wasn't found till four months after it happened. They're dealing with a massive disaster zone that's going to take a lot of time. Death tolls at 18. Seven people still missing. It's wiped out 60 homes damaged hundreds of others. I mean, it's just the area's in shambles. Montecito is under a boil water order. Restaurants told to shut down because the water supply has been damaged. 
I was going through one of the uh, one of the montages of of images, pictures that have been taken in and around the Montecito area, and it's again I, I, I keep coming back to this, but the scope of this is far larger than I ever thought. On Tuesday morning, we were talking about it because at that point there had been a couple of deaths, maybe three or five, and we knew that people were missing, but. The numbers are ridiculous in that there were 59 homes destroyed, 446 of them damaged, and that the 101 freeway, 30-mile section of the 101 freeway is going to be closed probably until Monday because there's that much mud and debris on different parts of that highway. Just absolutely insanity. All right. Thursday, 1.30. Yeah. You know what time it is? You just said. I did just say. But do you know what that means? Is it now when we get to go through our science stories? You got it. Now, how about this? Strange science. Alliteration <laughs> it's like weird science, but, but strange. Oh, did you just cobble that together? Yeah. You are good, you. I have a little app on my phone. That is nice. Well, birds. Birds are your big pet, um, pet project, I guess. I don't know if that's right pet project you really like birds you like to talk about birds you like to watch birds and apparently you bring them into the studio with you i enjoy birds they are peaceful and they are fun to identify and sometimes they're really big that is a big bird according to a new university of colorado study we have been giving our birds ptsd it's from all the industrial noise from oil and gas operations, and it's causing birds to develop stress responses similar to people with PTSD. Have you gotten your journal yet for the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences? Mm. It should be in your mailbox today because they just started mailing them out on Monday. Hmm. So the study is in that. I did order my wife a magazine called Guns and Porches. I think that's what it's called. This study in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences found that some impacted birds have chicks whose growth is stunted. And in the case of Western bluebirds, they lay fewer eggs that hatch when nested near these chronic human-caused noise messes. This is like highway traffic. Uh, Nathan Kleist, the lead author in all of this, said, surprisingly, we found that the species we assumed to be most tolerant to noise actually had the most negative effects. They followed western and mountain bluebirds and ash-throated flycatchers. Oh, I love an ash-throated flycatcher. Is this an uh, an ash-throated flycatcher? Is that what that one is? No, I'll play it for you. Oh. Uh, Blake? Oh, see, I don't know what kind of, what kind should, of stuff here. It should be up. Texarkana is a twin city that straddles the Texas and Arkansas. Who is it? That's the ash-throated flycatcher right here. Oh. The loudest regions, they're saying, posed another problem. Machinery noise was overpowering the bird calls that signaled when predators were close. And that stressed the nesting moms and chicks. So... The way that he writes this up, this Nathan Kleist, this evolutionary biologist, says if you were trying to talk to your friends and your children and you're always at a loud party, you would get worn out. 
So there's the great crested flycatcher as well, and then the least flycatcher. Oh, that sounds horrible. The great crested flycatcher is different from the ash-throated flycatcher. There's so many different birds. One of the guys said that this is a, a development. He calls it an ecological trap. Birds choose to nest in the noisier environments, but they unknowingly then subject themselves to negative outcomes like reproductive hindrances. Don't worry, buddy. It happens to everybody. It may be analogous to people who choose to live under a flight path. They do it because it might be cheaper to live there, but then does that have negative uh, consequences, negative outcomes for their health later on? Of course, birds don't make those kinds of calculations. They just end up there because there are no other birds that nest there because it's so dang noisy there. So it's like like he called it, the, the word he used was an ecological trap. You worried about the birds? Are you concerned now? I'm just reading about the ash-throated flycatcher. Oh, of course. It breeds in desert shrub, brushy pastures, and open woodland from the western United States to central Mexico. The short-distance migrant spends the winter from southern Mexico to Honduras. Huh. Its nest is built in a tree cavity or similar natural man-made hole. Its normal clutch is three to four eggs. And when you go down a hole, boy, you just, uh, you keep going. And if there's any point of our strange <laughs> science stories, it's to make you go, huh. Speaking of birds. Yes. Should we talk about the black feathered birds? Those are crazy. Yeah. So, well, here's a... Never mind. I was going to do a joke. I was going to take my birding life and my NASA life and connect them. You can do it when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Just Gary and Shannon. Hey, a reminder... John and Ken are going to be out at the Ayers Hotel Corona East today. A couple different reasons. Collecting signatures to repeal the gas tax. Get rid of the gas tax for good. So they'll be collecting signatures, doing the show live today at Ayers Hotel Corona East from 2 o'clock until 6 o'clock. It's right off the 91 freeway at Griffin Way. So if you're along the 91, it is easy to get in and out of. Uh, just they'll do a drive-through thing, so you don't even have to get out of your oh, car. Oh, but, but you want to get out of your car because it's their thirtieth anniversary of being on the air together. They love hugs. Oh, they love, big love, on, love, 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 topless hugs. hugs. Topless hugs. Oh man, if somebody gives John a topless hug, got my band boobs hanging low. I'm not I sure if will, he would be topless. No, he wouldn't be top. Well, I don't know. I don't know what they're getting into. You know, I don't know if he's having you know wine or. Either way, Deborah Mark is out there. Could she record it if it happens? Yeah, we're going to have oh, to yeah. get proof. There would have to be evidence. But we will send you something very, very special. Very special. <laughs> if you give us a picture of somebody giving John a hug, topless. Wow. It's a bad idea. What do birds and aerospace engineers have in common, Gary? Their lack of... Feet. 
That doesn't make any sense. Well, whatever you're going to say isn't going to make a whole lot of sense either. Both have invented incredibly dark, super black surfaces that absorb almost every last bit of light that strikes them. Now, of course, scientists worked intentionally to devise these materials, but evolution brought this amazing trait about in birds, slash maybe it was God. (laughs) Saving myself the email. Just in case. Um. They they are resplendent birds native to Papua New Guinea and surrounding areas. Males are brilliantly colored with complicated mating dances. Females are drab and brown. Carefully inspect the ornaments and dances of males before choosing their mate. What's interesting is that they have this super black plumage Mm -hmm. that can absorb up to ninety nine point nine sorry ninety nine point nine five percent of directly incident light a male superb bird of paradise will display his super black and brilliant bloom plumage to an onlooking female it's tracked her it's so black say it how black is it how black Thank is you. it she never watched the yeah. match game apparently okay. it's so black your eyes can't really focus on it it looks like a cave no it looks like a fuzzy black hole okay But we still don't know what kind of sound it makes, which I think is important. I would like to see what your mating dance is. Um, if you mine? were a bird. You've uh, unfortunately already seen part of it. If you were a bird, I'll take video. No, no, no. I don't do bird mating dances. Oh. I appreciate the thought, but no. Can you do it while singing Frozen songs? Excellent idea. Ladies, ladies, ladies. Cool your jets. <laughs> I mean, I know, but sorry, this is taken. You um, know all your plumage is impressive? <laughs> Last December, if you remember the whole seedless avocado frenzy, I don't think I, I I should say I've never seen a seedless avocado. I've seen avocados with little, little pits in them, little tiny seeds, and I've been suspect about those. They were only available in a few different uh, supermarkets, supposedly to prevent the avocado hand accidents. You know where you split open your avocado and then you take your knife and you go whack. And you stick it into the pit, you turn it, you pull that thing out. Apparently, people are so dumb they can't do that and end up cutting off their own hands. Then that's their own fault. Right. That you, that's just one of the things that you have to go through to deserve It's how an you avocado. become an adult, really. It's well, how you become an adult. An avocado. Well, listen. There is a, there is a sloth, a giant extinct sloth that we can thank. For avocado pits. What is his name? What Lestodon. What is that? Lestodon. Lestodon. That's a nice name. Well, if we all had digestive systems like Lestodons, we wouldn't have to worry about avocado pits. Uh, they were sloths, direct, direct ancestors of the ones that we still see today in Costa Rica and places there like. Lestodons were much, much larger than a typical sloth. Uh, they also put the mega in megafauna. They weighed uh, two to four tons, and they roamed the grassy plains in South America. And their diet consisted of grass and foliage, and occasionally, once in a while, they'd eat an avocado, or what would pass then for an avocado. And the thing is, their giant digestive systems could process giant large seeds. You and I would probably choke on an avocado pit if it got caught down our maw. 
But in this case, this guy could eat a whole avocado and then poop out the pit. <laughs> What's what? Nothing. He'd poop out the pit far away from the original pl- parent tree, and then a new avocado tree grows where there's no competition for so water, for these, sunlight. These giant slots were just pooping out avocado trees left and right. Well, yes. Absolutely. Many of the big seeded plants across the Americas, like the Osage Osage and the honey locusts, they were simply propagated by megafauna. I think that's everybody knew that. But uh, we have to thank our giant Lestodon super megasloth. That's very cool. Avocados. I like that strange science story. Uh, Don't forget tonight, 7 o'clock. You're going to see uh, Brian Suits from the Dark Secret Place on Leno's Garage on CNBC. I guess to take Jay Leno out uh, to test the new super secret army vehicle uh, that I think actually has like a weird fuel cell in it that no one can know about. We can't really talk about it. But Brian will with Jay Leno. And the John and Ken Show coming up next live out at the Ayers Hotel Corona East. They're there collecting more signatures to repeal the gas tax, uh, collecting signatures, doing the show live today until 6 o'clock. The Ayers Hotel Corona East is right off the 91 freeway at 2260 Griffin Way in Corona. And not only is it uh, their big signature gathering show, it's also their 30th anniversary. And I I know that they love hugs. So if you're out there, uh, give them a hug. John likes topless hugs. John, are you there? No, it's Ken. And I'll tell you. Hey, I, you you got a sample yesterday of my brand new hand sanitizer, so you know what I'm ready for. Right? Well, you know that you're my favorite, right? <laughs> what do you mean I'm your favorite? Well, yeah. between you and John. <laughs> Just because he's not here right now? No, uh, it's because I've been telling people to stop by and give John topless hugs all day. Well, you... <laughs> People are already getting us gifts. A woman just came up. She just needed some potholders for us. There's oh, cookies. That's nice. Somebody brought Twinkies. Uh, the Ding Dong guy from uh, Tim Show is here. I mean, wow. I mean, I, John said the signature will be your gift. You don't really have to come and give us gifts or we're, hugs. We're going to do something about the uh, the 30th anniversary of this mess uh, later on in the show. I can't wait. So. When are you going to be playing all the clips and stuff? Uh, they'll be throughout the show, all four hours, wow. probably, like one or two an hour maybe. I don't know how many he has here. I have to find out. You know what was amazing about this? John actually did some work for the show. And I'm <laughs> I know. That's what it That's sounded like, like. I couldn't believe it. He's the it. one that he organized all the audio clips. So I'm looking for a sheet that tells me where they are and what's on them, but I don't have one here. Well, so. he, he did tease yesterday that he thinks he found the very first reference to the John and Ken Naked Desk and that it's about 28 years old. Yes, and of course he added it's exactly the same. We say the same thing, we do the same thing, <laughs> nothing's changed in 30 years. But why would it? It's why change it if it if it works? That's right. You guys only got what, about 27 years to go or 28? Oh, wow. That's like 20... a sentence. I know, that really scares Shannon, but, you know, I don't want to do that to her. You. I'm the one but, that's got to look at her. Yeah, that's true, absolutely. But what do you really, mean that's true? To... <laughs> <laughs> You're on my side. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, of you two, yeah. I like you both. So, I don't know. <laughs> well, have fun and congratulations on 30 yes. years, and I hope you get lots of hugs. We can't do any better than doing it and celebrating it in Corona, can we? No. <laughs> Look, at the, there's a mob already here. They're very excited for the 30 years of John and Ken. But really, also get here to sign the petitions to repeal the gas and the car tax. That's, uh, that's the big deal with the Ares Hotel Corona East. Up to right off the 91 at Griffin Way. All right, John and Ken, up next. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody. L-A-T-T-I-H-T-B-D. Look at the time. I have to be going. Gary and Shannon.